This is Bigger Pockets Daily, expert advice for real estate investors. If you like what you hear, check out biggerpockets.com. I think you'll find a warm, welcoming community, a wealth of data to help you make the best decisions, and calculators to help you analyze deals. We make the blog articles available on this show so you can absorb the information while you're organizing the garage or remodeling your bathroom on this Saturday. Okay, almost time for the show. We'll get right into it after this quick break. Managing your finances used to be a pain. It was either useless apps or overcomplicated spreadsheets. Ugh. But now, with Monarch Money, managing your money is easier than ever. Monarch is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, track progress toward financial goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com bigger. Unlike other personal finance apps, Monarch's simple, intuitive design makes it easy to set up, customize, and use. You can even collaborate with your partner, family, or financial advisor at no extra cost to get a joint view of all your finances. Customize your dashboard, notifications, and budgets with a tap. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. And right now, listeners of this show right here will get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com bigger. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash bigger for your extended 30-day free trial. This show is sponsored by Airbnb. Did you know that a long time ago before I ever started my real estate business, I turned one of my first primary residences into an Airbnb? And that's the extra income that I needed from Airbnb that gave me the confidence to go out and work for myself and eventually quit my nine to five job. And now I have dozens of Airbnbs all over the country. I've even partnered up with the old David Green on a recent property in Scottsdale to take our portfolio to the next level. And of course, we host it on Airbnb. But you don't need to be a full-time real estate investor to start on Airbnb. As a matter of fact, I was self-managing 10 properties while working my 9-to-5 job, so I know anybody can do it. Think about it this way. You're looking for extra income and going on a vacation. Wouldn't it be great to rent out your space and let your property pay for itself while you're gone? I did this one time. I pitched my wife and my roommate because we were house hacking on the idea of renting out our home, and it paid for all of our expenses on a trip to Mexico City. So go and give it a try. It might just change your life just like it did mine. And I really do mean that. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. What expectations should landlords establish for tenants with pets? By Andrew Sirios. Americans love their pets. Indeed, according to a report by Spots.com, a full 67% of American households, or some 84.9 million American families, own at least one pet. It almost goes without saying that it would be unwise for landlords to exclude pets entirely. When to accept pets or not? There's no hard rule for this. But generally speaking, you should always accept pets in houses. One of the major reasons people choose to rent houses over apartments is because they want to bring Rex and Felix along with them. Excluding tenants with pets would reduce the number of potential tenants available to rent your property. As basic economics tells us, if demand goes down, the price, or rent, goes down too. Or even worse, the property just stays vacant. With apartments, it's a bit trickier. One loud dog could turn off fellow tenants or prospective ones, especially if it's an older apartment with thin walls. You also do not want to have hallways filled with dogs and cats or iguanas and snakes. 
meandering about all over the place and leaving behind their calling cards to boot. Use your judgment based on your property and management style. How many and which types of pets? Dogs and cats are by far the most common types of pets people have. In the United States alone, there are nearly 90 million dogs and 95 million cats. Generally, I would recommend accepting tenants' requests for other small animals, like fish, gerbils, or hamsters, which they probably won't even tell you about. I would, however, generally shy away from less common or exotic pets, like pigs, rabbits, etc. You can make exceptions if you choose. Legal Considerations There are, of course, some legal points to keep in mind. First and foremost, if someone has a guide dog, seeing-eye dog, or service animal, the Fair Housing Act requires that a landlord accept that pet and not charge a deposit for it. This is true for any person who has a disability-related need for an assistance animal. It's less clear-cut with emotional support animals. According to ADA.gov, Animals that provide comfort just by being with a person are not considered service animals. Laws vary from state to state about a landlord's obligation to people with emotional support animals, so it's important to check with your local laws to make sure you are in compliance. Pet References Your tenant application should have a spot on it about pets, so you can make a determination before you get to the table to sign the lease. The lease itself should have a writer, a separate form on its own page, that lists each pet, along with breed and approximate weight, and is signed by all parties. You definitely want everything in writing. You can consider requiring a pet reference from previous landlords, or a vet if you want to be a bit more forgiving, or get more information about the animals in question. As for how many pets, there is no perfect answer, but the principle to work with is that pets do damage and can cause issues. So, there is such a thing as too many. We accept up to three pets in a house, usually two in a side-by-side duplex, and one cat in apartments. Pet deposits and pet rent. Pets do damage to properties. Dogs are wonderful, but love to chew up blinds for whatever reason. Thus, it's important to charge a pet deposit and monthly pet rent. How much to charge? We charge a non-refundable $250 pet deposit and $25 a month per pet. This is, of course, just our policy. You may choose different numbers, but the key is to charge both a pet deposit and pet rent. Otherwise, you will simply have extra repairs on your hands. While there's no way to accurately account for exactly what damages are done by pets, we believe we basically break even on pet rent or deposits. The big advantage is that by allowing pets, We open up our properties to many more prospective tenants. But we don't want to gain access to a bigger pool of tenants if it just means we're going to have extra damages we have to pay for out of pocket. Hidden pets. Sometimes people want to have their dog and cat and not pay their landlord for it. Therefore, it's a good idea to have your maintenance technicians make a note of any unauthorized pets when they're doing work orders or routine maintenance inspections. If they do find an unauthorized pet you should notify the tenant and demand they sign a pet rider, pay the deposit, and start paying pet rent, as well as give them a lease violation and fine if your state laws allow it. Dealing with pet complaints. Pet complaints from fellow tenants or neighbors are tough, and one of the reasons we don't accept dogs in our apartment complexes. Most complaints come in verbally, for which we demand they put the complaint on paper. Most people don't care enough to actually do that, 
but if they do submit a written complaint, we bring it up with the resident. The first time is just a warning, the second is a violation, and third, we consider a breach of contract. Put this policy in your lease, by the way. Fortunately, it will rarely go that far. Americans love their pets, and therefore, to offer the best possible product, it generally makes sense to accept pets in your rentals. But there's more to it than that. It's important to create a pet policy and stick to it. And make sure you're being compensated with pet rent and a pet deposit for the damages that will assuredly happen. All right, that's it for this show. But remember, we have a whole library of episodes with timeless information about how to grow your real estate portfolio so you can enjoy the life you were meant to live. Just tap all episodes in your podcast app or scroll back in the feed to check out an older but still evergreen show. Otherwise, dear listener, until tomorrow.